You want us. You want the totality of who we are. We come to worship you and sing songs and, and, and listen to your word and, and, and to present you with offerings. And all of those things are good. But Lord, what you want is, first and foremost, our heart. And I pray, Father, that even as we go through the rest of this service, that there would be a real awareness of who you are and what you've done for us and what your desire is for us. And that we would find joy in you, in your love for us and your ownership of all we are and all we have. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Well, not all issues are created equal. I think we understand something like that. Uh, Not all activities that we involve ourselves in are of equal importance. Not everything in our lives can be weighed equally. Uh, And uh, something that we find in in time that the success of anything, any any government, uh, any university, any church, any business, any sports team, um, and any person uh, to be successful, they need to have an understanding of what priorities are in their life. What are things of importance? Because not all things are of equal importance to us. A government needs to have priorities built on values. Uh, They need to know what they need to do first. It was interesting, last night the conservatives chose uh, a leader for their party, Andrew Scheer, and, and, and he was questioned and asked uh, about, well, what are you going to do now? What are you going to do? And he said, well, we have to sit down and figure out what our priorities are. Where do we start first? And, and so any government, any political party needs to live and, and, and uh and direct themselves by virtue of priorities. An athlete is a, who is successful uh, needs to think about priorities. And, and you watch, say, a successful Olympic athlete, and they have a priority on training and on nutrition and diet and, and scheduling. And they don't go out with their friends till 3 o'clock in the morning drinking because they have a goal in mind and they've set priorities for success in their life. You can, you can be in school. And, and I don't know whether you've, you've done this in younger grades. You, you know, you've got a project to do. And, and you put about 30% of the time on the project. And you put 70% on, of the time on doing a really beautiful title page. And then you think... Man, I didn't have my priorities straight, but I was having so much fun making that pretty and, and all the rest of that. Uh, you know, you can spend 20 minutes on homework and, and uh, six hours on video games. You need to have a priority, understanding that not all things are created equal and some things are of greater importance. A business needs a clear sense, a mandate, a mission um, to direct it, to know what its priorities are and what it should be doing. See, all activities or or all uh, issues are not created equal. There are some of greater importance. And and to understand not only differing relative values, but to discern for ourselves what is most important. You see, we are all called to discern important emphases. 
And success in life will be contingent um, in part by able to recognize what's of greater importance and greater weight and greater value and pouring ourselves into things that are of greater significance to us so that we can make the right choices. Do you know that Jesus affirmed that kind of thought and statement? If this is your first uh, time with us, you won't know that uh, we started last week a series of message called The Pharisee in Me. And the Pharisees were a group of really religious people in the time of Jesus. There were about 6,000 of them in Israel. And they were like, they were like the God squad. They were like people who were so sincere about their faith and, and they were just over the top zealous uh, with their faith and who they were. And, and uh, it's interesting that most of us who've read through the Bible recognize that these guys who were the seemingly the most godly people in the land, the most observant of their faith and their religion, were people that Jesus called out more than anybody else. And, which is really kind of weird, isn't it? That, that the most religious people had the greatest criticism from Jesus. And so we wanted to kind of look at this group of people and see what it was about them And in the process of understanding who they were and kind of what they did and thought, perhaps we would see some stuff in us that may be a little bit like the Pharisees. And so this could be a little painful. I know it's a little painful for me as I go through this because it's convicting sometimes. And so here we are um, talking about these guys called the Pharisees. Now, they didn't love Jesus uh, that much. In fact, uh, there was, they were always trying to catch him, trick him, trip him up, trying to disqualify him, trying to make him look bad. And there were, there were two main parties operational in Israel. One was the Pharisees and the other were the Sadducees. And the one thing that they did agree on was they didn't like Jesus. And so the Sadducees kind of had a bit of a go at Jesus. They were trying to trick him with questions to see if he would disqualify himself or discredit himself or they could put him down. And they couldn't. Everything they tried to trap Jesus with, he turned it on them. So the Pharisees uh, thought, well, we'll have ourselves a go at this guy too, and, and we'll, we'll uh, put him on the hot seat, and we'll ask him some questions, and we'll try and see if we can't trip him up and make him look bad. And they had a question for Jesus. And the question uh, was a, quest- a question that was, was really a question that was probed a lot by religious people. And and the question really revolved around, what's the greatest commandment in the Bible? Uh, Like, if if we could sum it up, what's the most important commandment in all of the Bible? Is that a bad question? No, it was actually a good question. And Jesus affirmed that it's a good question. Now, last week I told you that there were 613 laws in the Old Testament. So, I mean, just trying to keep your mind wrapped around all of those would be a challenge. And so their thought is, well, there's so many laws that God has laid down for us. Which is the most important? Is there one that's more important than other? And there's an assumption there. The assumption is that some things, some things that God calls us to have a greater importance or significance than other things. 
Jesus didn't agree with that. In fact, he came back with an answer in Matthew 22 and verse 37 to 40. What's the greatest commandment, Jesus? Tell us, great rabbi. And Jesus said this, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. To love God with everything in us, every fiber of our being. That's what it's about. And he, but he went on from there. He said, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and prophets, the whole Old Testament, really, he says, hang on these two commandments. Love God with all your heart and love people like you love yourself. Love people with the same kind of care and deference that you would show uh, for yourself. A great question. Now, the problem is uh, for us that we can put uh, we can put major emphasis on minor issues. Sometimes uh, we can make minor things into major things. And we kind of don't understand what's really important. And so we put emphasis on things that are less important. Now, if you think with me, one area that I think if you're a parent, or if you've not been a parent, and and you've been a kid, you understand maybe something about that. And that is the area of parenting. You see, there are some core issues that are really important for us as parents. Um, you know, is there respect for parents and, and is there respect for uh, others? Is there obedience? Um, is there a good attitude? Is there a good work ethic? Is there a reverence from God? There are things that are really important when we think about our kids. Things that we say, this, this is really important. Do, these, do our kids show respect for God? Do they show re- respect for us? Are, you know, and, and we look at that thing. But there are issues that come up, right? In, in every era, in every home, there are issues. Issues that sometimes change in time. So when I was a teenager growing up, way back when, in the last millennium, literally, um, there was, uh, one of the issues was kind of the length of your hair, right? Do, do you remember, some of you remember that battle? And longer hair on guys was in, and, you know, sometimes your parents didn't like it. And so there was a battle. Why can't I have my hair long? You know what? At one point, I was in in grade 7, and I had a hairdo like it was a thing of beauty. And I say, your hair, you could do something with that? Well, it took, we didn't call it product in those days. We call it product. I've got product in my hair. No, we, we call it like brill cream. That was product. And you put it in so your hair would stick where you wanted to go. And I had this thing all working for me. And I would part it here and go across and then down and back to swoop. And, and I tried to do this little ducktail thing at the back. And I thought, man, that is so cool. And, um, and I'm, I'm working it. And it's grade 7, last day of school. Mother, if you watch this online, uh, I love you in spite of what you did to me. My mother sent me on the last day of school at noon hour to the barber. It wasn't the hairdresser. We had barbers back then. And I was instructed for summer to get a brush cut. Okay? So I've got it all working. I go for lunch to the barber shop, and they cut off all my hair. And I went back, and all the kids laughed. 
<laughs> and I put my books over my head, which made it even worse. But they're issues, right? How do you want to do your hair? You know, the funny thing I found with, I found with my son when he came along, I'm saying, why do you have to keep your hair so short? Why don't you let your hair grow out a little bit? Um, but but there are things that we do, and, and, and sometimes those, those things become issues for us. And, and when we think about what are the real important issues, some of those issues are less significant and less important. And we need to prioritize those things. Now, I'm going to tell something. And my, my youngest daughter is here, and, and I, I don't think I've ever said this, but at times over the years, I've thought about this. She was always great in the kitchen, and as a little kid, she was, she was doing some work in the kitchen. And Gerda had asked her to, um, you know, take the greens off the strawberries. So she took them, and she would take a knife and cut it off. And I thought, there's a little bit of red that she's cutting off. That's not right. And we have this little thing that you could put in and pull, pull it off. And I thought, that's how you do it. And I thought, you know, I, I've looked back. I've never said this to you. I look back over all this time, and every now and again, I think of how I was getting getting an attitude on because how she was doing this. No, you don't do it like that. And, and you know what? Is that the kind of battle you know you want to pick when you think of the important things? Is it how you do that? You know, and, and so as parents, uh, we, can, we can sometimes major on minor things in our life. And, um, and, and, and uh, there were issues in Jesus' day that, were pro- that people in prominent positions, religious people called Pharisees, really, they were important to them. Um, they, were, they, were ma- they were majoring on minor issues. And where, where we see this is in Matthew 23 and verse 23. It says this. Jesus says to the religious, okay, the most religious people in the land, woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You know, no wonder they didn't like him. He called it what he saw, right? He said, you give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but you have neglected the more important uh, matters of the law. So here they were. um, God's people were called to tithe, to give a tenth of their produce. A tenth of what they made, if you will, was to be dedicated to God. It would be given um, at the, t- at the uh, temple, and uh, that would sustain the religious uh, uh, people. The, the, the priests and the Levites uh, would take care of their needs. And part of their worship was in giving tithes. Now, in giving tithes, they were to give a tenth. And here's the interesting thing. When we look back to Deuteronomy 14, we find out that what they were to give in terms of produce, aside from their, their crops and whatnot, was grain, wine, and oil. Three major kinds of crops. They didn't talk about giving seeds, you know, taking. And, and what these guys, would, they would take seeds. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That one's for God. And they would count out seeds in, in, in all the minutia of this. They had, you know, we have outside our back door, we've got a little thing with, the, with herbs growing in it, right? And uh, they would go to their herb garden or their herb pod and they would pick off uh, ten pieces of mint. And uh, one they would give to God. And they were so fastidious about these tiny little details. 
And uh, we said last week that, that these Pharisees, these religious people, would, would do things and they would make up rules about the rules so they could ensure that they were living in a way that they felt was pleasing to God. So if they could reduce all of God's stuff to rules, they would make up their own rules so that they would ensure that they did enough that they would be on side with God and God would accept them and God would like them and they would be good guys. Now, last week I brought a book out and I showed you this book that's about 1,100 pages and it's called the Mishnah. And it's, it's taking those oral traditions and committing them to uh, writing. And so I just thought, I, I was looking through there this week, and I thought, I'll give you one example of what this looks like. So this is these religious guys. Here's the kind of thing they lived by. Here was one thing in Maaserot uh, 4 or 5. And it's about tithing. And it's about somebody who is eating barley. One who husks barley removes the husks from the kernel, one by one, can eat it without tithing. So if you take one and, and eat it, you don't have to tithe that. But if he husks a few kernels and places them in his hand, he's required to tithe that. So if I eat one at a time, that's okay. If, you know, you know, if, have you ever eaten grain out of a field? Oh, you need to do it. Just stop alongside in, in about July and, and just pull a head off and, and, and take the husk off and, and eat it. Um, but but if, you, if you husk parched, parched kernels of wheat and sift them from hand to hand, you can eat it without tithing. But if he sifts the kernels and places them in a pocket, he's required to tithe. You say, that sounds ridiculous. It is ridiculous. It's ridiculous that you can be so religious that you can make up all these, and that's only one set of, of uh, descriptions about tithing. I, I could have brought you all kinds of examples. And this is the kind of way they thought. Oh, to please God, oh, if you do this, you have to tithe. If you don't do that, well, you don't have to tithe. And, and, and it's ridiculous. And, and here's what these guys, um, this is how they lived. They made such a fuss over these little items, these minute insane regulations, hundreds and hundreds of them. Do you ever think that we can do the same kind of thing as that? Do you think there are ways that we make up rules for ourselves that aren't in the Bible necessarily? It's not that there's anything wrong with those rules, but, but it, it is wrong if we think, you know, I'm going to do this to please God, and anybody who doesn't do what I do, they're not as spiritual as I am, and I'm more spiritual than they are, and God will like me because I do all of this stuff. we got to be careful when we go beyond the Scriptures. Now, while the Pharisees were ready um, and, and really good on some of the small stuff, the problem was, they weren't really great on some of the big stuff. The problem was that they were ignoring the more important issues. And Jesus said, you know, there are things that are of higher priority than other. And, and the example in there was to love God with all your heart. That's, that's the most important. And to love your neighbor as yourself. And they're into, well, I, you know, I did this and I did that. And so I'm a good guy. And, and I look down on others. Well, just as Jesus showed us that sometimes there's a greater significance, um, he challenges the Pharisees to major on the major issues. They did the small stuff, but they were neglecting the big stuff. 
And in the big stuff, Jesus identified three big issues, three big areas of importance. And those three areas of importance uh, go like this. The first one is justice. Now listen, um, here's what it says in Matthew 23 and 23. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but you've neglected the more important matters of the law. Here they are. Justice, mercy, faithfulness. He starts with justice. You're all, you're concerned about your little tithing thing. God is concerned with justice. He begins there, justice. That's an area, a big area, an important area. Justice was a characteristic of God. In Psalm 9 and 16, it says, the Lord is known by his justice. In Psalm 89, 14, it says, righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Love and faithfulness go before you. God is eminently concerned with justice and fairness and that what happens is right and it's equitable. And we can see injustice everywhere we look. Everywhere we look, we see injustice. We see people who are being taken advantage of, people who have power, people who have authority, who are shutting down little people, who, who are not treating them fairly, who are overcharging them. We see people uh, who don't receive justice. They can't afford the kind of lawyers to get justice. Jesus, Jesus, God looked through the Old Testament and the prophets railed against the kind of injustice that went on when people were taken advantage of. God hated that kind of thing. Uh, when, when people get abused and there's injustice, God hates that. Jesus hates that. When there's no concern for the welfare of others, uh, when we're trying to keep people down for our own purpose, he said that's a big deal. When we don't let them prosper, when we unfairly treat them, and God spoke out harshly about injustice. Now the Pharisees could count their little seeds out and think they're doing God a big favor. But there was no justice with them. They denied justice to people. They did things like the law told them, you're supposed to take care of your mom and dad. Honor your father and mother. Can I tell you that primarily that was not given about little kids? The little kids are to honor their father and mother. It was more about caring for aged parents. They didn't have old age security. They didn't have... Uh, long-term care facilities. You took care of your parents in old age. And, and, um, and uh, if you needed to help them, that was part of the law. Honor your father and mother. Take care of them. And uh, what they did was said, I'm not, I'm not spending that money on my parents. So what I'll do is I'll declare, uh, I'll declare the money that I have is Corban. And that meant I'll declare it that, that it's dedicated to God. I'd love to help my mom and dad, but I can't. I declared that that money is set aside for God. And he said, you, you rats, you. You're, you're playing games. You're avoiding doing the law by protecting yourself financially. And uh, that's the kind of thing they did. So they wouldn't have to care for them. There was no justice. Uh, Jesus saw people, uh, Jesus saw these, these people uh, with their man-made regulations loading up people. Uh, they were popular, and, and they were denied, uh, they were denied uh, justice because of the power they had, and that infuriated 
Jesus. For all the rule keeping they did, they were majoring on the minor and they were missing the weightier, the weightier and more important issues. They should have been concerned with the justice that God was concerned with. Well, the second thing is not only justice, but he said another big thing is mercy that was important to him. Mercy is the emotion that is evoked when we see others hurting and struggling. But it goes beyond the feeling. It it goes beyond just, oh, I feel bad for that person. It moves us to pity and care for someone in a very practical sense. And there was very little heart concern for others. In fact, in, in verse 2 and, and 3 in this, in this chapter, Matthew 23, we see that they're loading up, piling all kinds of regulations on people. They're burdening them. You have got to do this and this and this and this and this. And people are struggling. And they saw them struggling. And they didn't care one bit for them. Um, they, they didn't care what they were doing for them and how they were hurting. They wouldn't help them. They'd see somebody struggling on a Sabbath. And why? The Sabbath, they, they've, got to, uh, they've got to observe the Sabbath by resting. So they're not going to help anybody. They see somebody struggling and hurting. No, I can't, I'm sorry, I can't help you. I'm, I'm keeping my laws, but I'm missing the weightier things, the mercy that they would have. I'm counting out my, my leaves, and I'm affirming my own self-righteousness. That was the religion of the Pharisees. That's what they were like. Um, how about you? Do you practice your little, i got to do this and I can't do that and I'm going to do this, and, and you're missing the bigger issues. I heard of a pastor once that got a guy um, uh, to come that was unknown to his congregation, and he, he told the guy, let your beard grow and get the dirtiest rags you can wear and let your hair grow and make it a mess. And I want you to just lie there beside the driveway to the church. He wanted to see what people would do. And so people, you know, I'm I'm late for church. I don't have time to stop or look by and, yuck, I'm not going to stop. And he found that very few people were willing to do something. Oh, going to church, doing their righteousness, Seeing a person hurting and yet doing nothing. Probably one of the most beautiful pictures of mercy in, in, uh, in the New Testament is the story that Jesus tells about the prodigal son. You know the kid who said, Dad, I'm blowing this place. I want my inheritance. Give it to me now, which is tantamount to saying, uh, I, I wish you were dead because I want to get my inheritance now. And sadly, the father said, okay, he, he gave him his inheritance and let him go. And you know how the kid went. And he lived this life of riot and, and consumption until all of his money ran out. And he was in rags and thought, maybe if I go home, maybe I could become a servant in my father's house because the servants do better than I'm doing in the mess that I'm in. And every day, 
the father was out there looking. When my son come home, he, he had this heart of compassion. His heart was broken over his son. And when he saw his son and recognized him for, from afar, he did something that no dignified man would do. And the whole community would want nothing to do with this guy. And he ran out to his dirty, filthy, stinking son and threw his arms around him and said, Son, I'm so glad to see you. I love you. And he brought him in and cleaned him up and put, a new sho- put shoes on his feet and, 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 a, and a ring on his finger and new clothes and he had a feast for him that's what it is to think about mercy oh no i can't do that because oh no this 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 is and this it will keep me from doing that and and um so these first two things that jesus said really talk about our relationship to others is there justice and is there mercy because those are big things. Those are, those are big categories. And you can get lost in the minutia of these little, little uh, rules and regulations. But, but are we missing the big thing? Do you love your neighbor as yourself? Is your heart moved with compassion? When you see injustice, do you try to do something to right it? Or, or are you a part of the system that does that? Well, the third one relates to how we respond to God. The third big issue he talked about was faithfulness. Um, when we're going to put, when we're going to put, uh, we're going to major on the major. One of those issues is faithfulness to God. You see, you can attend every service, uh, you can attend every prayer meeting, you can be involved in in helping with different things in the church. You can give faithfully week after week after week and do all these things which are great if you're doing them from the right motivation and the right heart. Or you can be religious and not faithful. When God spoke um, to the people of Judah in Isaiah chapter 1, he he called them out. Um, They were doing the religious thing. They were offering the sacrifices, and Jesus and God said to them, "Stop it! Stop bringing your sacrifice." Hey, wait, wait, wait a minute! You told us that that's what we're supposed to do—to sacrifice to you. This is this is your worship uh, arrangement with us that we are to do these things. And He says, "I don't want you to do that. Don't bring it anymore, because you're you're living a lie. You come and you do your thing, but you live in a way." that is not faithful to me. God wants faithfulness. He, he doesn't want us just to come to church every week and, and to go through the motions and participate things with a cold, uh, a cold heart. Uh, God doesn't want your empty worship. He doesn't want your money if, it, if that's not given out of love uh, and dedication to Him. And, and here's where we can, again, major on minor things, doing those things, but there's no love and faithfulness to God. Think about it. Um, Your life group is coming over. You're late getting home. The carpet hasn't been vacuumed. The dishes aren't done. And you're going ballistic. I told you to get that stuff done. People are coming. How's it going to look on us? You know what? It's so easy that the little things now become the big things. And God wants us to put first things first. Oh, yes, but cleanliness is next to godliness. I don't know what version of the Bible you're reading, but it's not in mine. And, and, and so we 
tend to get things skewed sometimes. And we need to reset and major on major things. Well, you say, well, that's great. I don't have to f- worry about these little things, of tithing and all this kind of stuff. I, I'll just go for the biggies, I, and I'm not worried about that. Well, let me say, Jesus brings a correction there. This is not an excuse to ignore minor issues, okay? This is not an excuse to ignore minor issues. In verse 23 of Matthew 23, in the end of that verse, it says this, you should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. See, well, you can't replace it. I still expect you to do those things, to worship and to bring sacrifices and to give and all these other things. I expect you to do that. But you need to put first things first and you need to have a right heart. It's not like you get a pass on that. Well, I'm not legalistic, you see. I go for the big stuff. No, Jesus doesn't, Jesus doesn't let us off the hook with that. And, and so we need to still faithfully obey the word of God. You know, it's interesting that the Pharisees, um, Jesus says, uh, you're blind guides. And, and he says something that's, if you think Jesus doesn't have a sense of humor, and somebody's written a book on on Jesus' sense of humor at some of the things that he said. But, um, but one, of, one of the beauties in that was um, what he said uh, to this group of people was this. You blind guides, string, straining out a gnat and swallowing a camel. Okay, so... You've got a drink on the patio, and one of these tiny little, you know those little flies, like a little black fly or something? There's something sweet in there, and so they go in, and you see it floating. Do you know what? Okay, those are not clean animals, according to Jewish law. Now, you don't eat those. So they would strain that out so they wouldn't defile themselves and eat something that is unclean. Now, that's the smallest thing that's unclean that you can't eat. The biggest thing that was unclean that you couldn't eat was a camel. That was the biggest animal there, and it was unclean. You couldn't eat camel. No, nobody has camel steaks. And, um, and so, can you imagine this? Look at the size of that thing. And here's what Jesus says. You strain out this little bug so you don't defile yourself. But you swallow a camel. The biggest thing that's unclean. And just like it's so ridiculous. And that's how ridiculous it is. When we nitpick, nitpick. And yet we offend in the big issues of life. It's crazy. And the, and the, uh, the Pharisees were majoring on the minor. And Jesus says, major on the major issues. Don't neglect the minor, but make sure that you hit that target and you major on major things. You know what? Yeah, I mean, I've told some tales on myself. But there are times when it's so easy to get our, our, our categories skewed and we major on insignificant things. And God wants us to discern which are 
more critical, more important, weightier issues, and to live that out. And the Pharisee in us is going to fight that sometimes, and uh, we'll explore this further as we go into life groups. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your truth. We thank you for the conviction that the Holy Scriptures bring into our lives. And fathers, I prepare this message and I look into this. I I think of these ways that I'm prone to this kind of thing in my life. And I pray that you would help us all to have understanding of what are the critical, big, uh, all-encompassing issues that you want to mark your people by. And that we would not major on minor things, but we would get it right. And we wouldn't neglect the minor things either. But out of love and a right heart and spirit, we would follow you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.